Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cheesesteaks in the Center Level. My name is Don Callen Crowley. I'm joined by Austin Mancini. Of course, you know that if you're a returning listener, if you're a first-time listener, well, thank you for checking out the podcast. We're happy to have you uh, listen to us for the first time, and hopefully we will make you return for another episode. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit of a quick, easy one, uh, talking about the Eagles-Panthers game on Sunday and going to preview Eagles-Buccaneers coming up on this Thursday. So because it is a uh, both a recap and preview episode, we're going to go a little bit shorter than we usually do on both just to get both in. And obviously with the Ben Simmons stuff uh, or developments this week, uh, we're going to discuss that a little bit as well at the end of the podcast. And the Flyers also start their season on Friday. So there's actually a lot going on in Philadelphia sports this week. And um, But let's just jump right into this uh, recap. Austin Eagles defeated the Panthers on Sunday afternoon in Charlotte 21-18, a game where the Eagles were trailing for the most, for the most, almost the entirety of the game until the, late in the fourth quarter. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest effort out of them, but a win is a win. Um, it started ugly. The play con in the first half was uh, piss poor, I would say. But in the second half, the Eagles really found their groove. Nick Sirianni found his groove play con-wise. And Jalen Hurts looked really good late in the game. Yeah, my we can just go right into the offense since you kind of hit on a, a lot there. Um like you said, Nick Sirianni and just the offense as a whole did struggle a lot in the first half. And I think what's becoming a theme is it seems like he's trying to cater this offense to Hurts getting comfortable for way too long. You know, it's a lot of – I'm sick of it, honestly, of bubble screen, screen to miles, um, little – curl routes like it's all these plays so Jalen gets in a rhythm but because they're so close to the line of scrimmage every team knows it's coming and he can't get in the rhythm because of it yeah there was way too many screens in the first half on Sunday against the Panthers and I mean that first half they they had to have almost less than 150 yards or so total because they couldn't get anything going in the first half. The Panthers were all over every single screen. They were, I mean, yeah, just their overall play call in that first half of trying to get Moss, not Moss, uh, Jalen comfortable in terms of, again, him comfortable in the pocket, but also short passes just wasn't working out. And um, it was really concerning how long they stayed with it, but I'm, I was, happy with the adjustments I saw in the second half. Yeah. Like when I think a better way for, I appreciate him trying to do that and I understand why, but I think a better way for him to do that is like, instead of these little bubble screens, a slant, you know, something that, that can be taken for extra yards or you do a slant, then you do a bubble screen, you know, stuff like that. Just, I understand the, purpose is to build the confidence and all that but the other thing you can do and i mean you saw a little more of it and i hate to i I know i keep saying is running the ball would help yeah and it's amazing they actually ended up with 22 carries in this game because in the first half they only ran the ball five six i think even halfway through the third quarter there they only had seven or eight carries they didn't start running the ball until fourth quarter when they're trying to kill time after taking the lead. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to get that rushing game more involved early on because I mean, they, they can't, it's okay to be unbalanced for a couple of drives here and there. I mean, every team will be unbalanced at times throughout an, an entire game, but you can't go an entire half run, throwing the ball 85 90% of the time it just it it's it could work here and there but 90% of the time that's not going to work it, it you're going to get you're going to you're going to get stopped way more than you're going to be able to score in those situations and w- we saw that firsthand on Sunday I mean they kept trying the same stuff over and over again offensively and the Panthers were having none of it the Panthers are shutting them down in the first half and then and, when they and, became more balanced, 
the Panthers had a little bit of a hard time. Oh, and and here's a prime example too. I think at one point they had a second and two in the first half. Yeah. And they did a play action. But because we didn't really run the ball, the Panthers didn't fall for it. And and I believe Jalen was sacked. Yeah, there's none. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you can't call play action. No. No, I don't think he actually was sacked, but either way. Right. It, the play didn't work is is the main point because the Panthers didn't bite because there was nothing to bite on because we weren't running the ball. But I mean, I, I know I've harped we've you and I have harped on running the ball for the last year and a half. So I don't I don't want to go on a you know whole thing about it. But um I mean, you know, Miles did end with 11 carries. I know, like you said, it, it might get a little misconstrued because of the fourth quarter. Um, and just the NFL as a whole, it's not always going to – it's not going to be 50-50 ever nope. with run yeah. pass. You know, this is a passing league. It's going to be 60-40. But if you're closer to that 60-40 split, it, it bodes well for you. I mean, somehow Urban Meyer said he wants 250 passing yards. and 250 washing yards a game. Uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, no chance in hell. But, well, I mean – let him think that all he wants. Right. But, um, yeah, you're never going to be perfectly balanced. You're rarely going to be perfectly balanced. But to a small aspect, you need to be at least somewhat balanced. And I, I think that would help the Eagles so much going forward if they can find that balance. And it will help Jalen. Because once they became more balanced on sun, on Sunday, like I said, it helped the offense overall. But Jalen really took a step forward. He was, he was hitting – a lot more of those passes he needed to hit. Uh, and he, he he looked more confident as the game went on and the game became more balanced. Yeah, not only did he become more balanced, but, I mean, I think the problem in the first half is this team just seems to not have an identity. You know, like, I think every time we've started a game so far, minus week one where it looked like a perfect offense, it it almost didn't. It looked like that they didn't know what they wanted to do. Yeah, and and then like you said, second half came. It looked like a better offense. It, you know, they were moving the ball a little more. He hit Quez on that deep ball. Um, you got Devonta involved more. You know, like the offense as a whole looked more smooth. And I mean, you saw this from Doug. It's just Doug took about a quarter less. You know, it took Doug till the second quarter to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. But unfortunately for Sirianni, he does not have that... um, Pedigree. Pedigree, nor does he have the buy-in from the fans that it's going to take for him to... He doesn't have that benefit of the doubt from the fans, is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, because- I, I was going to say the other coach that is also losing it too is I think Aaron Aaron Moorhead. Because this is now, think? I think part of it is just because look at look at what's happened now two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. You're having you're having what five touchdowns now? Yeah. Granted, granted, I think it's what three of them have been taken away with these pick plays. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that's on the receivers' coach. It is. It, it's it is. it's him teaching these guys what what he's teaching these guys. Unless he's teaching them to run the route and just get in the way, and they're doing it farther than they need to. But I mean, when it's right. happened multiple times now, I mean, Greg Ward had no. He didn't need to go that deep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh no, yeah, I mean, I think that's on Moorhead. That's also on Sirianni, who's a wide receivers coach by trade. I mean, both of them have to work in that stuff because, I mean, it's already unacceptable. It's one or twi- two times is fine, but at this point, it's it's just, it's, I mean, I, I don't even know the right words to explain how unacceptable Right, that penalty is when we're talking about it being this often. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, not just that, but over the entirety of the team needs to clean up the play. I mean, how many penalties did they have this week? They had um, they had six penalties. They actually finally have a game where they have less penalties than their opponent. But I mean, the entire team needs to get cleaned up. That's a that's a culture cultural issue at this point it seems and that goes back on the coaching staff you i mean you're you're not going to win many games when you're averaging six seven eight penalties a game um and taking a touchdown off the board or two touchdowns off the board each game i mean uh it's already bit them in the ass uh multiple times this year and it's going to continue biting in the ass unless they get this cleaned up yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a good sign that they kind of cleaned it up. You know, like you said, we were under 10 penalties. We had less than the opposing team. Still, I mean, one negated a touchdown again. Um, and just, I mean, six is a lot of penalties. We're still one of the most penalized, if not the most penalized team in the league. So it, it's a, encouraging that it went down, but I mean, six is still a lot. Um, real quick, what did, what did you think of my at right tackle? I mean, I, I, I thought he was, I thought he was fine. I, I mean, we didn't, you, you didn't really hear his name a ton. Um, no, he did get beat a couple times though. I think the one was what Hassan Reddick's blitz. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a bad one, but I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Hassan Reddick had that two play, oh two plays gosh. back to back where he. The greatest Mom. two plays of his entire career. Yeah. Um, but I thought he – I mean, Hassan Reddick's one of the best pass rushers in the league, so I'll give him my lot a little bit of pass over. I thought he played well, especially on uh, short notice to a point. It's not, not a position he's used to playing all that much. Um, so I thought he was decent. Um, yeah, I think part of it for me – it was kind of I kind of give him a pass just because they kind of just threw him there, and I think now unless they're more comfortable with a guy like Driscoll um, being there, I think it it only benefits him to play right tackle at this point because if Dillard slowly proves that he can play left tackle, then Mylata hypothetically could move to right tackle, and then sure. there's your right tackle of the future. Sure. But um, yeah, that's I just because I totally forgot Lane Johnson was out again, and it looks just to finish up on the offensive line. It looks as though they're going to be out with him, or they're not going to have him for potentially it, it, the entire season. Yeah, it's it's definitely it seems like a week to week thing on paper, but uh, nobody's sure when Lane's going to return due to his uh, personal issue, which uh, hopefully he can figure out. It's uh, Whenever you yeah. hear a personal issue and it's uh, something where you don't hear a lot about it, information wise, and so on and so forth, I do hate that people try to speculate. By the way, yeah, well, that's like I understand it's their job, but it's one of those like I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen any beat writers uh, really. No, like I've just had people, you know. Oh well, why don't we know? Well, because no, it's, it's, they it's don't gonna, have to tell you it, what it is. It's a personal matter. It's none of our right, business. and and all you can do is hope for the best. That's you know, with him, with his family, whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. If it was a medical issue with Lane, uh, we if it was a medical issue bodily, we would know by now. Uh, it, it could be it could be something such as uh, some mental issues he's going through. Uh, it could be family related. It could be it could be a, a bunch of stuff that we're not even considering, and, and that we have no business uh, no speculating, business speculating yeah, about, right. or or even. I mean, obviously, you're allowed to care about him, um, but it just it's it's not our place to. Right, but moving on. on to, I guess somehow the bright spot of the of the game. And we're not talking special teams because I mean that even though that was a, a bright spot with that beautiful, not only were, did we have three beautiful punts, but we had a block punt. We uh, did. But but the defense still, we we actually um, we figured out what an interception was two was it two weeks in a row now? 
Yeah, I mean, defense overall, I mean, this is something I said on last week's podcast that give Gannon a shot against a team that doesn't have an elite offense, like an elite surplus of talent offensively because this defense isn't built to stop those offenses. And he, every time they haven't faced a truly elite offense, they've been pretty damn good this season. And that's what this team is. That's literally what this team is. You they're they're going to get shredded against the elite offenses, but against – other offenses, they, they're probably going to be an above-average defense this season. Yeah, like they they looked, especially after the first couple drives, that defense like looked like they weren't going to let anything happen. I mean, Darnold looked scared. He looked uncomfortable. Yeah. Where Jalen likes to be mobile and kind of extend the plays, Darnold looked like he was like running like out of the pocket way too early. And part of that was, you know, they were getting pressure. I believe Sweat had a, ta- a sack. Hargrave had a sack. Cox had a sack. When yeah. you are when you have all three of those guys to the sack, you know, you're getting pressure to the offensive line. And I know, I know Carolina's offensive line isn't great, but, I mean, you force three turnovers, and that's the big thing. Yeah. I would, I'd definitely agree. Darnold never in the game looked comfortable. I mean, from the start, he was struggling, hitting some passes. And that's because Carolina's offensive line has been weak all year. And the Eagles were immediately collapsing the pocket almost every single uh, passing play. And he was able to take off early in the game and get some valuable yardage. But uh, the Eagles uh, eventually shut that down as well. And they kind of left him where nowhere to go. And uh where we will hit home a few times there uh, as the game went on. You know it's funny. So uh, as everyone saw, uh, one of us was at the game. And it was yes. it was me. Um, every time he was he started to run, Carolina fans were like, "You better look out! He's the uh, he has the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in the league." And I'm like, like quarterback, he has the mo- he had the most rushing touchdowns in the league entering. Right, and I mean, I'm like, but I'm like. I don't care. It's Sam Darnold. Like I that yeah, he's mobile, but like he, that especially when it comes to quarterbacks leading the league in touchdown rushing touchdowns. I mean, a guy could quarterback sneak for a yard every time, you know, on the one. But um coming back to it, dude, I just thought it was funny that like they were so like, "Oh, you better look out for Darnold's mobility." Um yeah, he didn't he didn't look comfortable and and that's something the defense Thank God they did. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard looked good, but that's partially oh, yeah. because the Eagles' run defense apparently sucks. And you could make the case that this game is totally different if McCaffrey plays. Yeah, if McCaffrey plays, Carolina probably wins this game. But uh, at the end of the day, he didn't. Uh, the Eagles played against what the Carolina had. And, yeah, Carolina got 109 yards on the ground, but only averaged 3.6 uh, yards per carry. Which which is a solid number for the Eagles' uh, rush defense there, and uh, in the passing game, obviously they did really well, uh, keeping Darnold um, to twenty one for thirty seven, one hundred seventy seven yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, they they did a good job in containing DJ Moore for most of the game. Uh, it was the first game this season where the tight ends kind of played a bigger factor. Ian Thomas had a couple big catches, and uh, Tommy Tremble had uh, a touchdown reception as well. So. That was the first time tight ends really impacted the game. But outside of that, I mean, um, I thought the defense was uh, pretty damn good on Sunday. I mean, they started out a little slow there in the first quarter. uh, and It looked like it was going to be another ugly effort. But after that, they really really buckled down and uh, played well for the remaining three and a half quarters. Yeah, I believe on the last uh, podcast we recorded, I was talking about the tight ends and how, for the most part, the Eagles have shut them down. Um, sure. Week one, sure. you know, Kyle Pitts, the heralded um, tight end out of this draft, they shut him down. Week two, George Kittle did nothing. And then, I guess what, Dalton Schultz kind of killed him. But, yeah, I mean... We weren't. As, yeah, you're right. I, as, I just like forget as, about as that. The, yeah, but as the Jets, you know, I forget who it was. Sheldon Richardson said we couldn't stop a nosebleed. That was that was the Eagles. Yeah, I, I completely took. <laughs> I I completely got rid of that Dallas game in my head. 
as as we as we should. Um, but yeah, I mean DJ Moore. I think it was the first drive he had two like slants. Yeah, and I and I started to think here we go. Like DJ Moore is going to get his, and I mean there. You got to give the credit to Darius Slate because I know he, especially after last week, he got a lot of crap. I don't yeah. know if you saw on Twitter, people he did. immediately. And what does he do? Two interceptions. Yeah, yeah his best game as an Eagle by far. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. And then Steven Nelson also got this game ceiling pick. So that was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the defense looked very good. They attacked the middle of the field against the Eagles with, like you said, Tommy Tremble um, and Ian Thomas. But yeah. who wouldn't with this linebacking core? I mean, Yeah, the linebacking core got exposed early in this game, but also kind of uh, calmed down as the game went on. And it did. Off. And, I mean, even the run game, you know, like they started to try to pound the rock. And, I mean, we slowly but surely as the game went on, we're stuffing the run, stuffing the run. And then what do they do? They, they force Sam Darnold to beat them. But – um. I will say being down there, it was really cool. The stadium's awesome. It's in the middle of the it's in the middle of the city. Um fans are I it was so annoying. The fans are so nice. Yeah. And let me tell you, I like me and my dad and my friend were looking at each other going, I just want like one of these people to say F you. You know, like instead of hospitality. Right. (laughs) Right. Instead it was instead it was Oh, that was a great game. Like, no, no. I want you to be pissed that you It also lost helps that the South doesn't really care about the, their NFL Dude, football. That's, yeah, just this is a real quick, and then we'll, we'll preview the box. But um, my my friend moved down there, and he, um, he moved down to South Carolina, and he said yeah. that people will ask him, oh, well, like, what's your team? And he goes, oh, I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan. And they go, no, Clemson or Georgia. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's just funny because up here it's it, oh, it's either the birds or you know, if you're New Jersey, it's the Giants or whatever. So it's it's a totally different atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. Every everything below Maryland is basically it. it it's yeah. college football before uh, maybe Virginia, but Maryland, Virginia, everything below that, it's it's, it it's college football first. Yeah, but it yeah, was it's just totally different down there. It, it is. It, it was very funny because like I just. I am so used to, you know, being at an Eagles game and it's like F you this and, you know, like everyone's ready, like yep. on edge. And th- yep. down there, it's like, oh, this is a good time. You're like, no, <laughs> you should yep. be angry. But yeah, we can move on to the Bucks, which sure. um, Thursday Eagles. game, right? Yeah, Thursday night football. Eagles have won six straight on Thursday night football, the longest such streak in the NFL. And uh, they'll look to make it seven plus, but they will have to take down the four and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who are seven point favorites here in uh, Philadelphia on Thursday night. Uh, they, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Eagles. Uh, I mean, it's an extremely tough matchup for the Eagles. This is a game where I expect the defense not to perform well. I mean, if there's another forty bomb given up, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a, a tough one for the Eagles to somehow find a way to win, uh, especially on paper. We did say that, though. I believe nineteen against the Packers. We did. I mean, you know, it, this we, could be one of those stupid games the Eagles probably should lose, but find a way to win. Yeah, Jordan we, Howard I, three touchdown kind of game. I thought I thought that was going to be the Chiefs game, but I mean, I, I will take it tonight. Yeah, I mean, I. You and I are in the same boat. I mean, the the seven's a little low to me. I'll be honest. I'm shocked it's not ten. Yeah, it could be. It could be closer to ten, in my opinion. Um, but I, I guess when you consider home fields worth three points, it is a kind of a ten point spread here. Oh, and you're right. And I think what the last time Brady went against the Eagles. Um, was it last time Brady went against the Eagles? Or did he go against Nick? No, he went against Nick, I think, the one time. Yeah. Um, but also, I think you look at it because Antoine Winfield uh, Jr.'s questionable. Brady should play, but he's technically questionable. Gronk was ruled out. Gronk is out. Godwin is questionable. I mean, there's a, this this Bucks team still has plenty of talent, and 
will probably beat the Eagles, but um, they definitely are a little beat up here entering week six. Man, yeah, I can't believe we're already in week six. Oh, I know, I know, and and it's weird that this is a Thursday night game too. Like I, I don't. It kind of feels like it's too soon for a Thursday night game for me. But yeah. Um, yeah. The, speaking of injuries, I mean, injury report wise, I think the biggest name that we saw besides Lane Johnson still with the personal issues is Dallas Goddard has COVID. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna be out for Thursday. Yeah, unless what if he's vaccinated? Does he just need two positive tests? Do you know or negative uh, tests? I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, so could he have one tomorrow and Thursday? He'll, really good. Uh, he'll still need to be asymptomatic and provide two negative test results at least twenty four hours apart before he rejoins the Eagles. Okay, so hypothetically, he, it's a long shot. It's a very long shot. But he could get a negative test tomorrow and a negative test Thursday. With that being said, this is a perfect game for Zach uh, Zach Ertz's trade value to increase. It is. It is. But, I mean, Ertz is one of the players I was really disappointed in on Sunday. He did not look uh, sharp at all, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, this is a great game for Ertz, like you said, to uh, increase his trade value though i'm really not sure who they would stick into that backup tight end position if uh they were to trade him uh just because i mean do they trust jack stall enough to be a backup tight end well they did they did sign with noah tagayi or whatever his no, name was right. off the practice squad but um no you make a good point i guess we'll, we'll just start with the eagles offense against this uh bucks defense then since we kind of got into the tight ends but this bucks defense isn't that good no, no, not not at all. This is a defense kind of comparable to the, uh, I would say, kind of to the not not as bad as the Chiefs, but it, it's not a great defense. This defense can give up points. I expect the Eagles to score probably between twenty four, I mean twenty and twenty four points in this game. I just don't think that's going to be enough points to win the game. Um, but yeah, this defense uh, it has it has pieces and they they will stop the Eagles from running the ball. They're very good against the run. I mean, they're giving up 45 yards on the ground per game, but they're giving up nearly 330 yards to the air. Um, so, I mean, they're going to, that guy, we run the ball. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, people are, people are going to be complaining that the Eagles aren't running the ball in this game. And they, the Eagles will probably get 10, 15 carries, but there's a reason they're not going to be running the ball, and that's because the Bucks are just probably the best team in the league right now against the run. I will say though, I think I think this does pose a good matchup for Jalen himself because these linebackers aren't going to let him run. You know, you make a point no. about the run game itself, but you know um, these linebackers for uh, the Bucks with Levante David and is it Devin White? Yeah. Yeah, Devin White. Those this Bucks defense reminds me a lot of those Jim Schwartz defenses early on that were really good against the run, except better. Yeah, the 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 talent is just a better. So yeah. I, I think it's a great great test for Jalen to see what he does with linebackers that are actually going to be able to contain him, um, which means he's going to need to get the ball out quick. He's going to actually. He's gonna I don't want to say home. actually. Yeah, I don't want to say actually play quarterback because that's that's kind of disrespectful because he he has, but you know hitting hitting the guys like quick decisions gonna, with Devontae. Yeah, he's gonna have to play Zach. part of his part of his game that he has not had to really play in the NFL yet. Can he stay in the pocket for a majority of the game and still be an efficient quarterback? Because the one thing that helps him be efficient in the passing game is that he is a threat to run. And the Buccaneers are, while respecting that, aren't going to also let him run necessarily. And uh, yeah, I'm mean, interested to see how that plays out uh, for Jalen Hurts in this one. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too because I think with these linebackers, I, they kind of want to. They'll be tempted to blitz him. They will be, but I think they're going to do what um, what Dallas did and just sit back. Yeah, there, make, there's make Jalen beat you. Yeah, exactly. You're you're athletic enough in the middle to chase him down if he does run. Make him beat you, uh, like you said. Uh, make him beat you with the pass, and uh, and I I just I like Jalen. I think he's made a lot of improvements, but 
I mean, I I wouldn't blame the Bucks at all if that's what they do. And because because while he has become a better passer, I mean, he still has a long way to go in his development, and he is still liable to make a couple mistakes. Yeah, like last week's a, this past week's a, a easy point to it. I mean, Zach, the ball to Zach Ertz, that deep ball, that's a horrendous ball. Yep. But the ball to Quez Watkins was a beautiful ball. Yeah. You know, like, and there were a couple, I know he missed Quez, like didn't see him, I believe in the middle of the field at one point, and he threw an out to Devontae Smith, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Decision-making. You know, this this defense is going to make him have to make better decisions. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, now, defensively, I don't think the Eagles match up well in this game. Uh, there's just too many pieces to this Buccaneers offense that makes me feel like the Eagles have a shot at slowing this offense down. Um, if they keep this Bucks offense to 30-ish points, I'll consider that a slight moral victory. Just because, I mean, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Fournette, uh, Giovanni Bernard, the list goes on and on. This, this Bucks offense has so many ways they can beat you, and they have the greatest quarterback of all time um, behind uh, center. So, I mean, the, I just – I think this is going to be an ugly performance by the defense, and I'm not looking forward to Twitter's overreaction of the Eagles getting slaughtered by another elite offense. I mean, I, I'm just not looking forward to that part of it. I actually think that Antonio Brown might get slowed down because I I think Avante Max can keep up with him and he's played very well in the slot. Yes, uh, I mean Avante had one of the biggest plays of the game last week. Uh, oh my god! I if he dove, he might have picked it too. By he the may way, have, uh, but I mean it would have been an incredible catch. But but one of the biggest plays last week, and I I, I agree. I think I think they'll slow down one of Antonio Brown or Mike Evans, but. At the same time, I just – if you slow down one, that's great, but now you got to slow down the other two, three, four guys. That, well, and you even, haven't even gotten the chance to even bring up the fact that they have Leonard Fournette who – I mean, Leonard Fournette's not Leonard Fournette from the Jags, but – like, He's had he a saw, pretty good season. He had a pretty good season, and then if, God forbid, he doesn't work, they'll just put Ronald Jones in, you know? Yep. Like, they, they have two running backs that are more than capable of – getting the ball and just pounding it down your throat. And considering what every team so far has done to the Eagles this year, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't even want to throw it that many times because I think Tom might check it and go, okay, Alex Singleton, bring it on. Fletcher Cox, bring it on. So uh, I'd be, I think honestly, Tampa Bay is going to have a very balanced offense against the Eagles. I, I can I, I definitely think so too. And I think maybe the Eagles maybe that helps the Eagles a little bit defensively to a point because I think the Eagles because uh, I while the de- rush defense isn't great, I do think it can it can keep Fournette mostly in check. Um but I mean it just I just, I think I've said everything I really want to say about the defense matchup, but that offense, it's, yeah, it's just I, a bad matchup. Yeah, it's going to be one of those, I think, like if the Eagles get one or two stops, they're they're going to start getting confident. Yep. And, and sometimes that's all it takes. You know, like we briefly mentioned about last game, Eagles were, I mean, Eagles were losing that game for three quarters of that game, yes. Yeah. However... That game was the score was ten three for no yeah the, the longest the, time the defense against these non elite teams has been very good I mean Falcons uh, San Francisco semi very good team one healthy um, they kept that offense in check and they kept the offense in check Carolina Carolina has been one of the better teams this season so far so I mean I I think if the Eagles played well I wouldn't be absolutely shocked I just Based off what we saw in Dallas and against Kansas City, I I just can't see. I see yeah. maybe a little bit of an improvement, but I can't see them 
doing enough to win this game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting them to just hold them to 15 points or 20 points, like you said. I think. I mean, this is the best, arguably the best quarterback. If you know, you want to put Joe. Man- it's the greatest Montana. quarterback of all time. Right. Exactly. We're not. Um, we're not. We're not well, in the conversation. I just thought you know for the for those that do want to argue it, um, actually you're wrong. Nick Foles is the greatest quarterback of all time. Correct, but um, no, but for I mean, like you said, Antonio Brown. If Chris Godwin plays, Mike Evans, then there's just running the ball. There's just so much to this team. But I think the Eagles will kind of believe in themselves if they get one or two stops. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll win the game. But could it be an entertaining game if they do get those stops? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you have an official prediction for this game? Oh, geez. Let's and, see. And we do apologize for flying through the recap and preview, but because of the Thursday night, Austin didn't get back from Carolina oh, until dude. late last night. We kind of got in a, a crappy situation here recording-wise. Uh, but uh, we'll be back on full schedule this week. Yeah. Um, but – um. Yeah, what's your prediction for this game? My prediction, let's see, the Chiefs Chiefs Eagles was 42 30. Ah, uh, ooh. I'll go 38. I'll go 38 21 Chiefs. Or not Chiefs, Chiefs, uh Buccaneers. All right. Uh what was that? 38 23? 21. 38 21. Which, by the way, the line is or the total is uh, 52 and a half right now. I will go uh, 34, um, 23 bucks. Pretty close. We have pretty close. Uh, yeah. Totals. Um, yeah. That's what I'll go with. I just, I, I think the offense will play well, but I just don't think the defense will do enough. Um, but talking about you getting back in, from Carolina yesterday, uh, it, it took you for it took you forever to get back. I mean, you you originally thought your flight was earlier in the day. It was actually later in the day, and then it was delayed. And believe it or not, Ben Simmons beat you back to Philadelphia. Dude. The words that I never thought I would say, but Ben Simmons, before you got back in Philly last night, somehow got back to Philadelphia and was outside the 76ers facility. He's taken his test. He's taken his physical. Ben Simmons has rejoined uh, to a point, at least right now, this Philadelphia 76ers. Um, what a twist of events this has been. I still have my doubts he's going to suit up for the Sixers this season. But, I mean, whole, 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 that was just out of nowhere yesterday that he was coming back to Philadelphia. Can I just start off by saying, Dylan, I was sitting in that airport, and when you texted me that, all I could do is nod and say "well played" because uh, that was that was a top tier text message I could have ever received. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I got the notification that Ben Simmons did that, and then you text me and say, "Geez, Ben Simmons got there, got to Philly before you did." I I just had to sit there and like in my head applaud you because that was that was a good one. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that that was a pain in the butt. Um, of course, I went through TSA and my and after I got through that, I look at my phone and it says your your departure has been delayed until yeah. eleven nineteen instead of ten nineteen. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't get I I didn't fall asleep till two thirty uh, in the morning. But here we are. And then you had work. Then you had work. Oh, yeah, and then I had work. But you know what? The grind doesn't stop. Clearly, for not. Ben Simmons, it. Uh, it stopped for a brief little bit, but he took a brief. Anyway, he's doing his best James Harden impression, is what I think. It, minus the fat suit that James Harden wore, I mean Ben showing up for what he needs to show up for, and yep. then he's going to sit. And I That's think, I and I think part of it is I think there's a, an understanding between him and Daryl Morey, or Daryl Morey and his agency that look, it's it's not happening. But yeah, Rich Paul, Rich Paul is so bad at his job. But I do think Daryl Morey looked at them and said, "Look, you want to be out of here, right? Well, guess what? No one wants you because you're not showing up." Yeah, exactly. So, so the only way so, you are traded because the only way anyone wants you is if you show up. So if you show up, 
maybe I can trade you. Yeah, plus he's gonna. He, plus he won't lose as much money now. Right. That's yeah. And and if he can't and if he can't trade him, guess what? He's collecting his paycheck, which, by the way, bugs the living crap out of me. I will say, yeah. because. I, I talked to my friend who played who played a little basketball, and he said, um, "I asked him. I said, how's he going to collect his money? Like he's not going to play.'" And he said, "Well, he can just claim injury." And I said, "Well, if he literally isn't practicing, if he's not doing anything, what injury is there to claim?" And he said, "In college sports, you can just claim like sometimes." He said, "Guys would just say they're sore because they didn't want to run." Yep. Yeah. And you can't prove a guy's not sore. So Ben can just say, oh, I'm sore. Oh, I'm sore. Oh, I'm sore. And like that is, to me, that is so frustrating because he's going to be sitting there collecting 200 and some thousand dollars every day with the ability, not saying he will, but with the ability of claiming he is sore. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I don't think Ben, I, 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 I am. Very hard to believe that we'll ever see Ben Simmons actually play for the 76ers again. But, I mean, it's just great. It's it's hilarious that he's just even back in Philly at this point. Um, because there was that article last week, uh, this is a war between uh, Ben Simmons and the Sixers, and it's just beginning. Well, that war apparently lasted five days because Ben Simmons is now back uh, in the city of brotherly love. And, yeah, he may just, he's probably just here to collect paychecks do what he has to do so he can get traded. But um, apparently inside the organization, there's still hope that uh, he's part of the future. I refuse to believe it until I see it, but what a crazy development, man. I mean, here's, if he shows up and he practices and kind of just says, screw it, you know, and reconciles, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I understand. Sure. I understand it because like there's a faction that, like loves Ben and you know doesn't want him gone and I understand it. He there are so many aspects of this game that he affects outside of shooting. Yeah. However, that's not what Philly's pissed about. That's no. not why people want him out. People want him out because he showed a passiveness and there's no accountability. You know, when Joel sucks, Joel says I sucked. Yeah. Ben and and Ben went about it the wrong way and attacked the fan base. That was yep. the other problem. No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I look at it and uh, I look at it as if he ever does play for the Sixers, the Sixers are a better team with Ben Simmons than they are without Ben Simmons. 100%. Embiid even said it. Embiid, and I know part of it is Embiid's trying to do some damage control. And, you know, because what else is he supposed to say? I know, like, there have been times he kind of threw him under the bus. But, I mean, like you said and like Embiid has said, they are a better team with Ben. Why wouldn't they want Ben there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, they are a better team with Ben. and. I mean, with Ben, they have upside. Without Ben, they—I mean—they're a four, they're a three or four seed without Ben, at best. Yeah, and they're they're doing their best to get prepared without him, just in case. I mean, Maxi didn't look bad as as a, the point guard there. You know, he he does look like he put on a couple pounds of muscle to to help you know with it. But I mean, you do have guys like B-Ball Paul and and all that that are kind of hoping to make the team, but I mean, they're not bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you, you put it as best as I could. I just, it's just annoying, dude. Like it is like, I, I, like I will open with open arms, bring him like gladly. If he came back and he played, I'd be more than happy to have him on this team. Like you said, you know, and like, like we just said, he makes his team better. It's, we just want to see the mid range, dude. Yeah. Like, like no one cares anymore. Summer pro. Yeah. And, and I know a couple, a couple podcasts ago, I forget how long it was, probably two months ago, 
I said, if you go back and look at Joel Embiid and where he started compared to Ben, Joel didn't know how to play basketball. He went to Kansas, learned how to play, and each year he's gotten better. Ben yeah. has been the same player since college. Now, yeah, maybe, maybe now since the, high school. Yeah. Now the aspects of his game that he's been that he was good at at LSU, he became fantastic at. The yep. problem is he didn't add anything to it. Yeah. And that's all yeah. Philly wanted. Yeah, and that's what he's failed to do, and that's why we've gone on him the way we have. But at the end of the day, he hasn't showed that progress. Maybe he will now, but I doubt it. I, 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 I refuse to believe it until I see it. But, I mean, this is a conversation we've had for months, and we'll continue to have it until he either – I mean, if he continues to be a 76er or until he gets traded – um, anything else you want to talk about it? Should we wrap it up there? Um, Flyers play Friday. We can, we they can do. just, that's uh, I'm ex- against the Canucks playoff team. You think they're playoff the Flyers? Team? Um, yeah. every other year, every year. Here's the thing. I mean, if you go look, the roster is good enough. The roster is good enough. And they also like the guys that they could call up could impact like obviously like more the phantoms are playing right now morgan frost is finally like i think because he couldn't play for a year he he needed time and he needs time in the ahl you know they weren't just going to give him a spot and i think it what from what i've heard he's actually had a pretty decent start for the phantoms if i'm not mistaken i have not been paying attention uh close enough um but but Main point is they have a couple guys that are down there um, that yes, have looked good. Um, Samu, or uh, however you pronounce it, has looked really good. Yeah, he's he's looked good. Frost, I believe, has looked decent. Um, I mean, even Tyson Forrester, they said, looked pretty good. Um, so far, by the way, oh, they don't have it yet. Never mind. Um but my main point is they have depth. You know, God forbid a guy gets hurt. You're, you're not really worried about um, the depth there. They have, I think, guys like Cam Atkinson yeah. um, looked pretty good in that preseason game. He had two goals. Claude Giroux finally scored. So, you know, you saw that. Um, and Joel Farabee looks like he's going to continue where he started. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with you. Um, the other thing, so- too, is Carter Hart. Um, he's had – what two pretty solid games? I believe in the preseason. Yeah, like he's he, been he's been solid this preseason. And I think, uh, unfortunately, he, all eyes are going to be on him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, the season comes down to him. If he sucks this year, they're they have no chance of making the playoffs because Martin Jones is going to do anything. Dude, uh, have you um, have you been thinking the same thing as I have, which is Martin Jones looks horrendous. Um. I mean, I've been thinking about that since they signed him, but no, I I have too. But I mean, like, it's it's confer- it's confirming it at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he it's he's exactly what I've expected so far. And now you could say it's preseason. We'll see how he does in the regular season. But I mean, if he can give you quality efforts once every uh, what four or five games, uh, when it comes down to it, um, I I think it'll be. Mostly fine. He's not going to be Brian Elliott back there, but it's it is what it is. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's if they don't if they don't if Carter Hart doesn't play well, the team has no chance of doing anything. Um, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm trying I, to look real quick to see if Morgan Frost because I could have sworn, sworn I saw something about um about the Phantoms. I mean, they're uh, still playing preseason games. Aren't they? Oh, okay. Are they? Um, well, October 9th, Tyson Forrester and Frost, um, either one of them scored and the other one had an assist on an OT winner. So that's that's it. Here we go. So on that on that Phantoms team, Isaac Radcliffe, Tyson Forrester, Sandine Hogberg. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces down there that you could see up here in the next few years. But I mean, we've been saying that for a couple of years now with the Phantoms and 
I mean, Isaac Radcliffe has been down there forever at this point. Oh my God. I know. I know the hope. It, well, the problem is he's just this big dude, you know, this like big yeah, winger. He, he is. He's Sam Moran. But can skate. Better skater. Better skater. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think the Flyers are a playoff team this year. Um, I guess who do you have as their, uh, their leading point scatter this year? I'll go with uh, Couturier. I'm going to go Farabee. All right. Well, I, I, like th- I mean, I think, and that's a tough. I mean, that's a that's a strong. I guess what second year for him, third year, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But I mean, what was his pace last year? Didn't he have? He, he, was, a, tw- he was close to a point per game play. Some pace. Well, and sure. what he had, he had twenty some goal. He had twenty goals in in a shortened season. Yeah, he, he he's a he looks like a thirty goal plus guy if he can stay healthy. Don't you say those words, Dylan? Don't get me excited like that. Also, oh oh, we'll end it. We'll end on this. Actually, goal song. Sure. What do you think it's going to be? Um, I it, think it not. No, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're going to say it I mean, should be Tarzan Boy. See, uh, yeah, I like Tarzan Boy because I'm an AEW fan. <laughs> Which we didn't talk about with Ben Simmons. I was there for the whole "fuck you, Ben, fuck Ben Simmons" uh, oh, no. chant. That was pretty funny live. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I like Tarzan Boy be- uh, because uh, in AW there's a wrestler named Jungle Boy who uses that, and it's really good when the crowd sings along with it. But the crowd doesn't sing along at the Flyers games. So, uh, but they will for Duke. Uh, so I don't know. I-, I forget the other choices to be honest. Let me see. I said it to my brother. So it was okay, it's Tarzan Boy Beer by Real Big Fish or This Girl by uh Kungs. I like this girl as the song. Um I'll, I'll go with Beer by Real Big Fish because okay. who doesn't like Real Big Fish? Um I'm not gonna lie, part of me was really hoping it was Here Comes the Hot Stepper as a finalist, but it was not. Or whoop, there it is. Roxanne doesn't fit, but um, I'm going to say I really hope it's this girl, but I think it's Tarzan Boy, and I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we'll have to wait and find out. But, uh, yeah, we, we can talk about that next episode once we find <laughs> out. But until then, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the Cheese Eggs and the Sour Level Podcast. My name is Dylan Count Curley. He's Austin Mancini. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and all that fun jazz that we like to say at the end of every episode. Um, Yeah, share the podcast. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. We'll talk to you real soon. Go, birds. Go, birds.